In the dinghy of the Lady Vane. I do not propose to add anything to what has already been written concerning the loss of the Lady Vane. As everyone knows, she collided with a derelict when ten days out from Kayao. The longboat with seven of the crew was picked up eighteen days after by His Majesty's gunboat Myrtle, and the story of their privations has become almost as well known as the far more terrible Medusa case. I have now, however, to add to the published story of the Lady Vane another as horrible and certainly far stranger. It has hitherto been supposed that the four men who were in the dinghy perished, but this is incorrect. I have the best evidence for this assertion. I am one of the four men. But in the first place I must state that there never were four men in the dinghy. The number was three. Constance, who was seen by the captain to jump into the gig, Daily News, March 17, 1887, luckily for us and unluckily for himself, did not reach us. He came down out of the tangle of ropes under the stays of the smashed bowsprit. Some small rope caught his heel as he let go, and he hung for a moment head downward and then fell and struck a block or spar floating in the water. We pulled towards him, but he never came up. I say luckily for us he did not reach us, and I might also add luckily for himself, for there were only a small beaker of water and some sodden ship's biscuits with us, so sudden had been the alarm, so unprepared the ship for any disaster. We thought the people on the launch would be better provisioned, though it seems they were not, and we tried to hail them. They could not have heard us, and the next morning when the drizzle cleared, which was not until past midday, we could see nothing of them. We could not stand up to look about us because of the pitching of the boat. The sea ran in great rollers, and we had much ado to keep the boat's head to them. The two other men who had escaped so far with me were a man named Helmer, a passenger like myself, and a seaman whose name I don't know, a short, sturdy man with a stammer. We drifted, famishing, and, after our water had come to an end, tormented by an intolerable thirst for eight days altogether. After the second day the sea subsided slowly to a glassy calm. It is quite impossible for the ordinary reader to imagine those eight days. He has not, luckily for himself, anything in his memory to imagine with. After the first day we said little to one another, and lay in our places in the boat and stared at the horizon or watched, with eyes that grew larger and more haggard every day, the misery and weakness gaining upon our companions. The sun became pitiless, the water ended on the fourth day, and we were already thinking strange things and saying them with our eyes, but it was, I think, the sixth before Helmer gave voice to the thing we all had in mind. I remember our voices, dry and thin, so that we bent towards one another and spared our words. I stood out against it with all my might, was rather for scuffling the boat and perishing together among the sharks that followed us. But when Helmer said that if his proposal was accepted, we should have drink, the sailor came round to him. I would not draw lots, however, and in the night the sailor whispered to Helmer again and again, and I sat in the bows with my clasp-knife in my hand, though I doubt if I had the stuff in me to fight.
and in the morning I agreed to Helmer's proposal, and we handed halfpence to find the odd man.